Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South of Cheddar Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hine sitting across from the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Lucas Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. And guys, I promise you we are going to get into our, not the prettiest win over the Patriots, but first, Luke's aunt decided to take the time and email some fan questions. Love it. We love fan mail. As you guys, our other listeners, should you know, send in more if you have ideas. So we're going to start the show off with that. Okay, and where should they send that to, Devin? Well, it should be south of the cheddar curtain at gmail.com. If Luke remember, if Luke remembers to check it, if not, the more reliable source would be Devin.hein, D-E-V-I-N dot H-E-I-N at gmail.com because one of us actually checks his email. That's true. That's true. After you were all like, oh my God, we you know, we need an official South of Cheddar Curtain email. Yep. A little disappointed in you. Just a little bit. But we're not going to disappoint our listeners because we're going to get to these questions. Just like the Packers, I'll keep getting better. I see you, Romeo. I see you. All right. We've got a couple questions here. The first one is, why didn't you mention uh, that Caleb Jones was signed to the team last week? And when will you be visiting Luke's grandma to do the pod with her? And the other set of questions, we'll just do them all at once. Yeah, okay. Was, uh... Have you guys ever thought about having guests on your show? I have a friend that loves the Packers and would like to be a guest. Great question. Great question. Let's start with Caleb Jones. Honestly, I remember seeing the news piece and I was so excited to talk about it. But as we often do on the show, we're excited to talk about a lot of things. Correct. And we just kind of get on tangents and jump and jump and jump. And when I drove home that night, I was like, oh, shit. We never even talked about it. We didn't talk about Caleb Jones. So... When we saw that he was signed, I was excited. Very you excited. You were excited. Yep, absolutely. For personal reasons. Yeah. The personal connection. Absolutely. But also, the man is a mountain. He's huge. And we have been having problems at the tackle positions between David yep. Bakhtiari's injury. Elton Jenkins has looked suspect in pass protection. Mm -hmm. Royce Newman, I'm not even going to say it. You already all know. So I was thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe we give this kid a shot. Since he's been elevated to the active roster, not the fifty or not the practice squad, but the fifty-three man roster, right? He has not suited up for a game, and I don't know if he's officially placed on IR, but now he's on some non-football injury list. So we were actually able to add a free agent today. Uh, we'll get more to it later. Linebacker who was with Minnesota, Eric Wilson. Wilson. I keep wanting to say Eric Hendricks. That Eric would be Wilson. great, that, but no, that would be great. I wouldn't mind having him. Um, but so, yeah, I think that that's why we missed Caleb Jones. Yeah. Second part of that question is when are we going to do an episode with Luke's grandma? Grandma, if you're listening, we're down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just got to, you know, have your people talk to our people and, uh, we'll, we'll try to connect there. Yeah. Just make sure your people email me, not Luke or, or just, not or the, just, not the official of the page. Right. Or just call me. Well, who runs the Instagram page? Is that Sally? Yeah. So you should just DM our Instagram at South of Cheddar Curtain. You think my grandmother has Instagram? Maybe she does. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she likes the Packers. Yep. She keeps up. I have a lot of faith in her. I can tell you that uh, at least that that specific part of the faith is is slightly misplaced, but that's okay. It's okay. We'll see what we can do. Next part of the question. Guests. Your take, Luke. Okay, so I think uh, obviously this is a very serious member of the Packers media, right? The, this entire podcast is an entity. Very serious. I would say we're tip of the spear. I mean, worldwide. 
Right. Literally worldwide. worldwide. You're like, ha very funny. No, folks. We've got Actually, people in Europe. I, I don't know why, but we do. So shout out to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I, I think we can't just go add in anybody, right? Can't just go add in anybody. I love that we have some fans. love that we have some people that would like to give their two cents. But what I want to see from them, Devin, is I need a sizzle reel. I need a demo. Right. It has to be a South of the Cheddar Curtain specific demo. Like, Correct. I need you off the top of your head to name as many backup quarterbacks since the year 2000. And then we'll see. I love it. I love it. Do you know who our third string linebacker was for any given year? If you do, you have a shot. 100%. Right? We love them backups and special teamers and cornerbacks that should never see the field. Those are our guys. Yeah, I'm expecting to be able to name like the five worst players on every team since like 2010. And then you have a fair shot. If you pass the test, we'd love to have you. Absolutely. It's BYOB, and we'll see you then. Absolutely. Bring your own bring your own beverage, and, and we can do this thing. But definitely need a, a, a demo or sizzle reel to kind of pique our interest. You know, can't just let anybody on this thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll get back to seriousness, guys. So this past Sunday at Lambeau Field, uh, Bill Belichick brought his New England Patriots, the undermanned Patriots, I would say, with their uh, quarterback, Mac Jones. Even if he was going to play, right? This is not a roster that really jumps off the table at you. No, and they did that whole thing where they kind of like, oh, he's at practice. It's like, dude's got a high ankle sprain. That guy's out for a minimum of a month. Minimum. And they're trying to play some games with that. If he was out there, he would have been a sitting duck. You can't watch anything NFL, ESPN, whatever this week without seeing. If they're talking Patriots, you are seeing Mac Jones in pain with two teammates helping him off the field. uh, The last play of their game the previous week. So it's pretty obvious he wasn't going to play. Going up against the veteran quarterback, Brian Hoyer, who, I mean, he's had a fine career, but there's a reason that he's been a backup for most of it. Yeah, I mean, just the definition of a backup quarterback, right? Him and Chase Daniel are kind of the, if you look that up in the dictionary, it's those two faces staring back at you. That's, that's all they do. They can come in, be serviceable, but they're not going to win you any games. So we thought we were having Brian Hoyer. We did, and we did for a little bit. A it little was just bit. an appetizer. The main course was coming in the form of fourth round quarterback Bailey Zappi. And the fact that it's pronounced Zappi and not Zap makes it infinitely cooler. Oh, yeah, totally. Got a little zing to it. I love it. I love it. So this game just just fits Packers games where we should blow a team out, especially when they're playing either, you know, lower tier quarterbacks or backups. I, I think. Right. I think back to a banged up Baker in the Browns last year or when we had to play the Ravens with Tyler Huntley. Yeah, backup or lower tier quarterbacks definitely give us problems. Or, we just, us or problems. we just give ourselves problems. However you want to put it, we do not play great against bad quarterbacks. We seem to kind of step up to the level of competition. Or step down to lower competition. Correct. I think we kind of talked about this game beforehand as being another one like where it's, hey, Talent-wise, they are not on the same page as we are. Yep. They do have Bill Belichick, who is, I would say, the greatest coach in NFL history. Yep. But this is still a game where we can beat ourselves, and damn it, we tried. We really did. We really did for the majority of it, didn't we? So where do you want to start here? Do you want to do the whole, I think and I know? Yeah, let's do a little bit of that. I mean, we started a thing, right? We shouldn't just abandon every shtick we have after a week or two. I was just making sure that it's stuck. That's all. Oh, God. Okay, let's go. All right. I can start us off. Yeah, please do. I need time to think. As usual. I know that even in week four, Aaron Rodgers has supreme trust 
in Romeo Dobbs. Let's think back to that wonderful playoff game in San Francisco. When after Mercedes Lewis fumbles, he doesn't throw the ball at anybody named not named Devontae Adams or Aaron Jones ever again. I think we have very different definitions of the word wonderful. You said wonderful playoff uh, game. I was being sarcastic. So I know, but that, I just, that should have been very obvious. To, I don't even want to think about that game. So, Romeo Dubs. Dobbs, whatever. Romeo, Romeo. That's, what, that's what's really important, all right? The Romeo puns I can make. So, Romeo has a fumble on the f- first drive, I believe, offense of the game. Um, uh, yeah. Rodgers throws him a, like a bit of a bubble screen. Now, it is a really poorly aimed pass. Romeo has to go down for it. And I was sort of hoping, like, oh, maybe, like, he was still, like, you know, down reaching for the ball. And that's when the, the um, fumble was forced. No, he brought it back into his lap, and the corners punched it out. Romeo then had a Christian Watson-esque bomb touchdown that he just, I mean, at least he had a better chance to catch it than Christian Watson did, but still late in the game, I believe it was a tie game at that point, he drops it. But then in overtime. Uh, We were down seven. We were down seven, so it makes it even worse. Yep. In overtime, when the game was on the line, again, that's obviously tie game in overtime, we hit him twice, back-to-back, in key spots. Rodgers still trusts him, and that is not something that I would expect out of Rodgers for anybody who drops a touchdown and a fumble, much less a rookie. He is pumping him up in the game and to the press. And you know Rodgers is very calculated with what he says to the press. Yep. So I know that Aaron believes in this kid. Love the conviction. Love it. I think. I think we're going to be okay if a safety misses time. Because I think Rudy Ford showed that he is not terrible. Yeah, I was. That's pretty much all I needed. I just need him to not be terrible. Yeah. Right, Right. So he had a fair amount of tackles, right? He seemed pretty aggressive. He had a kind of one pass breakup, almost a pick. I mean, he he was not glaringly terrible. He wasn't clearly the weakest link back there. And for a guy that we brought on specifically for special teams, if he can contribute at all on defense, absolutely here for it. Such an important piece because Savage and Amos will be banged up or maybe we just couldn't want to go three safety looks every once in a while. But knowing that Rudy Ford can step in gives us some more options. I couldn't agree more. And so like we talked about last week when um... – when Jair went out and Nixon had to come in, you know, Brady is going to go right at him. And it's a little more, it was a little more difficult for me to tell how much Belichick went at Rudy Ford, but you know that he did. There was one touchdown on a deep cross, which we're going to get into later. Could have been Ford's fault. There were three guys all looking at each other, but if that's the case, again, it's another miscommunication. But for pure physicality, for being aggressive, for tackling well, I mean, the man almost had a diving interception in the fourth quarter. I was pretty proud with what he showed as well. Like we did say, we did think this was going to be someone who was only good at special teams. Nice to see that in an emergency, in a pinch, he's not Will Redmond out there. Correct. Yep. He's not the doctor either, MD Jennings. Oh, the doctor. Or any safety from that entire era. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's not go back there. All right, I guess it's my turn again. I just had one. Oh, I got it. All right. Lay it on me. I know that I am not going to finish this show without giving credit to McHenry Zone and okay. your analysis that was so spot on. Last year? So when Big Bob went down, 
we talked about how he is the vertical seam threat. Mm-hmm. Defenses have to account for him with his size, with his strength, with his versatility. And that Josiah DeGuara would not be able to do it, would not be able to go down the middle. And we saw it a couple of times. We tried to hit him and he just couldn't come up with the ball. Right. Second half of this game, making our comeback. Aaron hits Big Bob for a beautiful touchdown right down the seam. It was only 20 yards, but it felt like it was further. He gets hit by two guys. And one of the guys that hit him goes down hurt. Yep. That's Big Bob. That's what we're missing. And that's another piece of this offense that people are forgetting that we have back. And really, because his breakout season, and trust me, I'm about to get on my soapbox here for a second about Big Bob. You know what's coming. I know you know what's coming. Because uh, we texted about it. But he, uh, yeah, I think something that, that can go easily missed is, is really not having that kind of seam splitter, right? That's something that's so important in, in a modern-day offense. You don't have to be the world's best tight end, but if you have any kind of speed to you and you're good size, and you catch the ball, of course, uh, you're a threat. You're a threat. We just couldn't run that with really anybody outside of Lazard. Realistically, we, we couldn't run that route last year. Do you want to explain to our fans why that's important to safety play and to outside routes? Yeah. So it makes the safety actually have to think for a second frequently, depending on the, on the coverage they're in. Uh, because if you have someone going outside, if the outside receiver is going vertical and then the slot receiver or the tight end is going vertical, now the safety has to choose what they have to do if you're in cover two. Right. So it's super important because you're making people make decisions and Josiah isn't big enough. Right. Nope. And doesn't seem to have quite the agility to do the kind of up the seam spin catch thing that you see people do all the time with a lot of the athletic tight ends, big dog too slow. I mean, he'll get up the seam. It's going to take the entire first quarter, but he'll get there, but it's not really going to work out so well. And really the next thing we have is Tyler Davis, who is very accident prone. I'll put it just not not hey, the best yet. Knock on wood, he has given me nothing to talk shit about all season. This is true. Shout out to you, TD. You must have been listening. You answered the call. Appreciate that. Well done. So it's really been a, a big missing piece. And when Big Bob had his breakout season, he didn't have crazy amount of yards or anything. He just caught those balls all the time. He was a touchdown machine. I think he had eleven. He had eleven touchdowns. It was some crazy percentage of his catches, right? And he didn't drop anything. Sure hands, red zone threat, that's huge. And I think that goes, that a perfect example of that was last year, and we had so many red zone struggles, right? I wonder why. We were one of the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. Part of that, I think, is you're just kind of missing that, even even just that threat to open up other areas, if not throw it to himself. Okay. Here goes. Last week, Aaron Rodgers. Went on the Pat McAfee show. Oh, yes. Here we go. Here we go. Went on the Pat McAfee show. All right. And was wearing a Tunyon and Sons hoodie. Which, by the way, I've driven by Correct. that company. Yeah. I mean, it's in McHenry. That's why we call it McHenry's own. I'm pretty sure it would have said that on the shirt. I imagine, right? You see most local businesses, right? If there's a shirt or a hoodie, they got like the logo on the front, on the kind of the chest, right? And then the back has like their info and contact info and address and whatever, whatever, right? Maybe we make the same kind of shirts. Our shirts don't have what, like Schaumburg, Illinois on ours. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they, don't. they should. They don't. Maybe we're at the same level of McHenry's whatever company, Tony yeah, and Sons. I think that's a, that's a construction business. You would assume that they would. But we'll even give him the benefit of the doubt there. But he goes on. 
right? And Pat McAfee is talking, talking to him about, oh, it's cool, hoodie, whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, I think he's from Indiana. And in my head, I'm like, blasphemy. No. How dare you? He went to Indiana State. Um, I know that. However, he is not from Indiana. He is from the fine state of Illinois, the north, <laughs> north, northwest suburbs of McHenry, Illinois. Beautiful area. Beautiful area. And then Aaron responds, oh, no, I think he's actually from Pittsburgh. He's like you guys. How dare you, Aaron? How dare you, Aaron, go on the show wearing that with Big Bob's father's name, and technically his name, he would be a son, right? Mm -hmm. And not know where he's from. Not know where it is. And he calls him Bobby like they're best buddies. You clearly know nothing, Aaron. And I don't know if I've ever been this mad at you, if I'm being honest, and you've done some weird crap recently. You're close, right? You you were born in New Zealand, right? Is, that, it, is that's, that where you're from? That's what it yeah. feels like, honestly. Yeah. It feels like that's like, what are we doing here? Big Bob is McHenry's own. couple things here, right? First off, means that clearly they don't listen to us. Shocking and heartbreaking. Just those guys. I mean, Tyler Davis definitely does. Obviously. Other guys. Does. Yeah, but yeah, obviously. Aaron and Pat McAfee. Don't listen to us. Absolutely heartbreaking. Awful. Clearly, they should because they need to have some more information on their teammates, right? They need to know who they're talking to. Yeah. Pat McAfee's had Big Bob on the show before. Absolutely despicable, blasphemous, just really got me riled up when I like I stopped watching the that episode when that happened. I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. And I know I texted you about it. I, I was heated. He's I, McHenry's own. He's from McHenry, like you said. I know exactly where that building is. My I've driven past a million times. My dad does every single day. McHenry's own, not. Oh, I think he's from Pittsburgh. Maybe he's from Indianapolis. No. McHenry's own. Big Bob Tunyon. Roberto Grande. The funny McHenry's thing is, own. folks, is that I saw this. I watched it on YouTube, and I thought about texting Luke. I really did. And I'm like, you know what? He doesn't need a midlife crisis this early. I'm not going to do it. And then once I saw that text, I was like, ooh, he found it. I did. He found it, <laughs> and he's going to unleash. And I'm glad that you did. Thank you. I feel uh, not much better, but... Um, Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. Packers are three and one. The best is yet to come. Are you back to your zen? Are you good? Maybe. We'll see. I'll see what I can do. All right. Do you want to give me another think or no and then we'll roll the offense? Or are you just so flabbergasted? Oh right man, now? I had one too. Hold on. Just give me give me a second as I try to talk my way into remembering what it was because I was thinking about it. I had something. Then you said Big Bob and I was like, Oh my god, here I go. I can do Jeopardy music. That might help, honestly. Do, do, do. Okay, I got it. Thank God. I don't actually know this, but I'm going to say I know it with conviction like I do. I know. Yeah. That Rashawn Gary is going to break the Green Bay Packers single season sack record this he's, year. He's leading the league at five right now? I think he's second, but second. he's got five. Yeah. Okay. Do you happen to know offhand what the single season sack record is? I'm going to go 18. Not bad. Not bad. 19 and a half. Do you know by who? It better be the Minister of Defense. It is not. What's it, Vonnie Holiday? Nope. Give me an era. I, I don't think that would help, honestly, man. Is it like pre-Lombardi? Tim Harris. 80s? Was he one of like those think... random players we had in the 80s who were good, like the four of them? Honestly, I don't. I feel bad saying this. I don't even know. 
All right. So someone listening at home who remembers Tim Harris, please, please send us an email. Give us all the information, your memories of Tim Harris. We would love That'd to be, be great. And honestly, if if you have those memories, maybe I mean, that would be a good place to start for a guest. We're being honest. That we're, would we're be not back in. As long as you can name the backup quarterbacks that were on the team that year, too, you have a shot. <laughs> this is the important stuff of our show, folks. That, that, it is. It really is. <clears throat> all right. So, yeah, I, he's on pace now for what is that? Uh, probably he's right around there, 18, 19. So. I, th- I think, and he's been so close so many times, we're coming up to some suspect offensive lines. I think he could get there. Still hoping a couple of his running mates, you know, the yep. TJ Slaytons. God, I can't even think right now. What's his name? The rookie defensive tackle who's just Devontae running. Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt, thank you. A couple of these guys have it physically. They're just not playing the technique right. You're hoping as the season goes along. They also, like our wide receivers, should continue to develop and play better. Right. As the season goes along, also teams get more injury prone. We hope that we avoid that bug. But talking about banged up offensive lines or subpar offensive lines that will be made worse through injuries, we can cross our fingers. Correct. I like it. Yeah. Rashawn yeah. looked crazy. He did. I had to explain to uh, my lady sitting next to me what the trifecta was of the sack strip recovery. Don't see it a lot these days, but it is beautiful. It's a lost art really in the NFL. It really is. And, and he had a great game. He stuffed a couple run plays as well. I'd love to see that. So, yeah, I, th- I think he's really got the potential this year. Kind of gives me like the Watt Bosa level. Talking yeah. about the running, running yeah. plays too. I agree. When he is crashing down a running play from the opposite side where he catches up to the running mm-hmm. back by going around the tackle. It's think, just crazy. I think he's got some Nick Bosa in him specifically. Yeah. That's a good I comparison. So in this game, we could also talk about like one half versus the other because it's like the roles flipped, right? Yeah. Yep. The offense looked like shit the first half. The defense looked like shit for most of the second half. Aaron played, actually the offense as a whole, played much better in the second half. Mm-hmm except for Romeo's drop. Uh, and the defense did a pretty good job in the first half. So how do you want to go about this? I was going to say you pretty much covered everything. End episode, right? All right, game over. <laughs> All right, it was fun. <laughs> okay, so uh, let's talk about the offensive struggles a little bit in the first half. What did you see? Honestly, Elton Jenkins, a couple of the sacks that were drive killers were on him. Um, So that, that wasn't great. We weren't getting the best push that we ha- ever have in the offense. The Romeo fumble was big. Mm-hmm. So always a big momentum killer. Um, and then Aaron throws his, I think, third pick six. Fourth. As a Packer, which is insane. Uh, one interesting note on that is he mentioned that that is, out of his four pick sixes, two of them have been on that exact route. I mean, curl routes in general are, are very easy if you get it because you're usually going to be coming back. Yeah, it was kind of an out type of, type of scenario and – if you miss inside, you're done, right? Or if you're late, you're done. And he did both. Almost to the point, and he brought this up post game, almost to the point where he thought he may have escaped it by throwing so far inside that the uh, corner would overrun it. Unfortunately not. And shout out to that guy. That guy had a hell of a game. Yeah, didn't he also force the fumble on dubs? Yep. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I think he's a rookie. Yeah, Jack Jones. Great. Great. He seems like he has a bright future. But, yeah, I think as a whole... Aaron just looked terrible to begin the game. That's probably the best way to put it. He started 3 of 10, 3 of 11, something like that. I think part of that is the the offensive line wasn't holding up very well. He only got sacked once, but he definitely felt like he had more pressure than that. 
Yeah, he was uncomfortable a lot. Specifically coming from uh, Jenkins' side, which is interesting. I'm hoping at this point that he just needs to get his feet under him still. Yeah, he did come back pretty quick from that from that injury. So I'm hoping he's still just kind of he's still getting there. You know, we haven't seen him kind of get fully back to form yet. Plus side is I thought Bakhtiari looked good. He didn't really give up any pressure or anything like that. So he's given me a lot of hope. And one thing we should bring up is our boy Yash only played one series. He did. Yeah, I think it was only the three snaps for uh, Mr. Bakhtiari. You know, it's funny. Last week on the show, I did bring up that we should start thinking about shuffling the offensive line. And somebody asked Matt LaFleur this week, hey, have you thought about putting Yash in a right tackle? And they definitely have. And they've been giving him snaps in practice. Part of it was he was hurt this week. I believe he was sick. Is that what it was? I yeah. think he was sick. He had an illness, which I feel better about than an injury. I mean, probably just I mean, stomach bug away, or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, would, I would be happy to see it if we try next week or at some point earlier in the season than later to see how that works. Now is the time to experiment with offensive line changes. Right, it's not in the playoffs. It's not in the playoffs. Oh, that's weird. I thought this that's definitely that, we should do it. Yeah, when you have something that's working pretty well all season, and then let's just switch up in the playoffs. That's really freaking stupid. Let's experiment now. See what we got. And just like with the wide receivers, right? Elton can go to guard and play great. And there Elite might be level. Yeah, exactly. There's no concern about that. There might be a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of an adjustment period for Yash going to right tackle. Yeah. Maybe we see what he looks like. Maybe we try to hack Tom there. But you have time to try that out now. I think this stretch of the schedule is probably the time to do it. We got the Giants up next. Yeah, we got the Commanders coming up, I believe. Yeah, we got two teams that, I know the Giants are 3-1, and one, but they don't really feel like a 3-1 like really, team. Really? Yeah, Carson Wentz for the Commanders. That's all I needed to say about that. Now, the only worry is is that defensive line is pretty nasty. but eh. It is, but Carson's going to throw us the ball. And you know what? Right. Rashawn Gary might break the sack record in that game. There's a chance because, man, Philadelphia got after them. He just holds on to the ball forever. Yep, yep. very indecisive. That'll be a that'll be a team that we get a lot of coverage sacks and we're playing our, you know, deep prevent the win, cover three, cover four. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. How about you? What else on the offense did you see that you didn't love? I didn't love. <clears throat> did not love. That sometimes it feels like while we utilize Aaron Jones a ton, it feels that it, at times we're kind of breaking rhythm with AJ Dillon coming in. You know, that's not that's something I've noticed throughout the season so far, and I get that we want to spell them. We want them to be kind of 50-50, all that kind of thing. But I think when you have two backs that are as talented as they are, I want to see you ride the hot hand a little bit more. And Aaron Jones was phenomenal this game, right? 16 carries, 110 yards. Didn't really do anything in the pass game. That's another thing I want to touch on. But just like every run looked like he was about to take it to the house. Then you just barely get tripped up or whatever. I mean, it felt like every single run almost. He looked great, I thought, and it just feels like sometimes we put A.J. Dillon in, and it just didn't really fit what we were necessarily trying to do at that time. Then he gets stuff for three. And the next time Aaron Jones gets a play, oh, there's a 12-yard run. You know what I mean? just felt kind of herky-jerky at times. Whereas the flip side, at the end of the game, he put A.J. Dillon in. He and was he running started, over people. Yep, he started tearing off he was long done. runs. Yep. 
I feel like AJ Dillon needs to be the cleanup hitter. I'd agree. And until the offensive line is much more solidified, and I say that I feel like I'm overreacting, but this is not the level of Packers offensive line and run blocking that I'm used to seeing. We're so spoiled. Agreed. But still, we're not the level that we're used to. And Aaron Jones can fit through smaller windows, and it's just a little bit quicker than Dylan. Yep. So if the if the opening is smaller, he can get there and through it, and Dylan can't. But I also feel like, and this has been a few weeks now, and maybe it's by design because I think that we do run the ball more when Dylan's in. It gets more of a giveaway. Yeah. But I feel like he is getting more of the missed blocks than Aaron Jones is, and I'm not trying to take away from Aaron Jones, but a lot of these plays you see Dylan get hit in the backfield, and it should be a two yard loss, and he makes it a gain of two, which is still like a very good play. No, I agree. It doesn't feel like he's getting to the hole as much as Aaron Jones, right? Mm-mm. And part of that's probably because there may not be a hole. I think something else that, that I found interesting about them is we haven't really seen much creativity with Aaron Jones. Right? Yeah, I haven't we, seen him in the slot or right, out He had wide. three catches for five yards. That's, that's not, nothing. That's not using him I properly. thought kind of coming into this this year, he'd be a pseudo slot receiver. Or we'd run a bunch of wheel routes or you know something that you would you would do to utilize a running back that can play some receiver. I mean, he's not like Tony Pollard, right, for the the Cowboys. He was practicing at slot receiver in training camp. We're not doing that with Aaron Jones, but he can go out there and run a slant against a linebacker or something like that, right? He can run some a little bit deeper routes. We've seen it over the years, and I thought, given our wide receiver question marks, that we would see a little bit more of that so far this year, and we really haven't. It's been a lot of swing passes and... And that kind of thing. We're not even seeing the screen game, which Aaron Jones is like the perfect running back for a screen, right? I mean, that's meant for him. Get him the ball in open space, let him slither through all the blockers, right? And that's, we're not seeing any of that, which kind of surprises me and think makes me think that we're not quite seeing the full potential yet. I think on some of the design stuff, like putting him out wide or putting him out in the slot, that might be something that we're keeping in our back pocket for later. Could be. So Pete, so teams don't have a good scout look against it. But also, for now, when it's it's a lot of Christian Watson, a lot of Romeo dubs, like they need the snaps. So while Yeah, I don't disagree. I wouldn't be upset with more creativity. I'm also okay with like these guys just need to get their rhythm down. And although it would add an element to the offense to have Aaron Jones out in the slot or out wide, I think that you can run that a handful of times. And have it down. Or maybe even the first time you run it, it's down. You have the look right. It, it works. Whereas we have so much timing to still improve at Dubs and Watson. And so much of our ceiling with this team, with this offense, is based upon their progression. Yeah, true. So, so I don't want to say I, I'm okay force-feeding them, but I really do want both those guys getting the lion's share of the snaps. But they're not. Dubs is, right? But I think part of what what else I would like to see is that I think Romeo's doing a great job, and he's kind of on the trajectory, honestly, that we all thought he would be coming out of training camp in the preseason, which is impressive given you know how many rookie hype trains actually come to fruition. Right? Mm-hmm. And he's proven it. Watson, on the other hand... It's like a two-trick pony. I mean, he's... And we don't even use one of them very often, right? I mean, he's not much more than Tyler Irvin at the moment. Truthfully, right? Except when he goes deep, he's beaten guys every time. Oh, 100%. It just doesn't seem like we're giving him that many opportunities, right? He's targeted three times in this game. 
one catch. And I want to see him. We're talking about timing and stuff, right? I want to see him expand the route tree a little bit. Like as a in, slant as or in like out. Literally anything but running straight. Mm-hmm. Or, this is something I was begging for during the game. You know, and we'll get into this a little bit, but we get beat by deep crossers all the time, right? For the love of God, could we run one with one of them? Can you imagine it would Watson be nice on to one? See. Yeah. Once he gets a ball in space with some room around him those giraffe length legs he has where he just eat up I mean that would be he'd be able to cross that field and settle so quickly I would love to see more of those more besides just running straight which he is very fast and can separate from pretty much anybody on but he also has a degree of physicality to him that Marquez didn't have no he's a a pretty strong guy pains me to say but you know we're we're throwing some of these like the uh, the orbit where you fake the handoff try to hit him or you just do the the handoff like Shorts touched on on. Right. Um, but he's he's running through guys or he's making people miss. Like he's not just an easy tackle. And I love you, Mark right. Wes. I did, but you were going down. You He was useless on those kind of things. Okay, tread lightly, please. He was useless. On I those. love that man. Uh but shout out to Christian Watson for scoring your first NFL touchdown and getting that Lambo leap. And shout out to him and Romeo. Romeo was awesome Romeo, on that plan. And he was so play. excited. He was the first guy to go congratulate him. And I know he was I'm the lead blocker. I know I'm repeating Peter Bukowski of another Packers media member who also said it. But to be fair, I already watched the film, had that take, and then I heard him, and I was like, damn it, Devin, I cannot listen to other people before the show. Because then I feel like I'm copying them, even if I had the thought before. Rant over. What was the thought exactly? I remember <laughs> re-watching the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And Dubs is the lead blocker. He was, yeah. And he actually made a very interesting choice. On that block, right? He did not take the guy you would have thought the furthest outside guy. No, he did not. Right, the corner that was lined up over him. Kind of like went to and then decided not to and then kind of went and took the safety that was coming down, which ended up springing the touchdown. That was a great decision. It was the right choice. It looked kind of awkward and kind of like, why is he just letting that dude? He's like walking up to that guy not going to block him. What is he doing? But it worked great. It was the right move. So after he lead blocks, he is also super excited to oh, congratulate he was Christian in the Watson. Air. Yeah. yeah, and that was my thought. I was like, "Oh my god, that's great! I'm going to mention it on the show." And then you know, when I'm running my errands, cleaning the apartment, whatever, my day off, I will listen to other members of Packers media because, believe it or not, I like the Packers. You know, just a little bit. And so I listen to Peter Bukowski. Take. Yeah, hot take. I know, and he says the same thing, and I was just, damn it, because you know, I feel like I'm copying him, even though it was my thought first. It's okay. He'll never listen and never know. Well, he's missing out. He Him really and Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers are all missing out. 100% they are. 100% they are. But yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more versatility. Yeah, run a slant, drag routes. Oh, he'd be killer on a drag. Totally. Killer on a drag. Dubs has already shown that he has great chemistry, has great timing for the most part, right? Uh, we got to air, um, kind of iron out some of those bubble screens and, and quick screens to the flat and stuff with him. But that back shoulder thing was a, that was a thing of beauty, man. And that's straight trust from Rodgers. That's Again, it. That's, that's Devontae Jordy. That's that's that level of of throw. And this is rookie in week four. Week four, yeah. I'm not saying he's going to go be Randy Moss, but damn, we got a player in him. We really do. We really, really do. And it's crazy because he's not the guy with the highest ceiling. No, and Christian Watts. I mean, these guys, wonderful. But even besides them, though, I guess we're kind of jumping to the good things. Alan Lazard, and this might be a hot take. 
And you can put me in my place. Alan Lazard looking like Mike Evans out there, bro. I mean, I, I get where you're coming from, yeah. He's going against uh, the Patriots' top corner, and I got to have it. Just a straight just a straight go. Lays out for it. Beautiful catch. Beautiful catch on, uh, I think it was the first drive when we were driving for the fumble on a third down. Just when you got to yep. have it, yep. you look at him, or big surprise, you look oh, at Mr. Yes. Third Down, Randall Cobb. Let me pull up the stat line. God, he's amazing. He's unreal. He has been targeted five times on third down this season. Five receptions, five first downs. He's been targeted four times in the fourth quarter overtime, four receptions, three first downs. And you know what's to add on to that, right? He's actually been targeted six times. He drew that holding penalty that got us a first down mm-hmm. as well on the third down because he's Randall Cobb, and all he does is catch first downs or get us first downs. It's all the man does. I love him so much. I'm not the first one to say it. I don't know if he's on the TV 12 diet. I know what's going on with him, but he has turned the clock back. He looks like rookie Randall Cobb, but with the savvy veteran mentality, I wouldn't finding the openings. Rookie, Dude, yeah, he looks electric. He is outrunning people in man coverage. Guys that are he 10 years good. younger than he, he is. It's really good. It's beautiful. In in talking about Cobb, talking about Lazard, the rookies, Big Bob. All of a sudden, I feel like we have a plethora of riches. Now, we do have to, you know, sharpen some of them out a little bit. Yeah. But the talent for this offense. It's there. It's, it's there. It is there. I don't want to say that necessarily all the wide receiver question marks have been answered. But I do. I, I see a lot of potential. And I think we can actually make this work. Oh, totally. I I do not fear our offense at this point. No, I think Aaron can make it work. The running backs look great so far, and we're just scratching the surface, right? Aaron Jones can do so much more, and we haven't had that dominant game yet from A.J. Dillon, and we know it's coming. It always does, right? Wide receivers look pretty good. We just need to make sure that we can put a entire game together. That's going to be the key offensively. We were talking about A.J. Dillon in this big game. Well, looking at the numbers, how many rushing yards do you think we had this week? Just throw a number. I vaguely looked at it. I honestly total we probably had like uh just south of two hundred. Yeah, you literally must have just looked at it. It was one ninety nine. <laughs> but like Okay, that was closer than I thought. <laughs> Aaron Jones, sixteen for one ten. I could buy it, but AJ Dillon with a with a quiet seventeen for seventy three. That's a good day at the office. Except in money time, that fourth quarter man, that last drive, they wanted nothing to do with him. He was ripping off long runs, dragging people with him. Looking like textbook A.J. Dillon. Yep, loved it. If you just give him a clean line, you let him get to that second level, people are making business decisions at that 100%, point. 100% there. Defense? Defense. Okay. So we already talked about Rashawn Gary and his standout performance. Talked about Rudy Ford, who filled in nicely. There's a couple other things that weren't so nice that I want to touch on. This team has been notorious for coming out flat in certain games. And I think it can be hard to tell sometimes, hard to see. But there were a couple of times where both Eric Stokes on an inbreaker and Razul Douglas on a corner post easily could have covered it and were just running lazy and slow. And I don't know why. Maybe they were expecting something else. 
but these are guys that are better athletes than both the receivers that they were covering. It appeared to me to be man-to-man coverage. Maybe I could be wrong, but they just gave up easy first downs, and I don't know why. That is something that, that we've kind of seen throughout the, the year so far, right? Is It just feels like we're not in the secondary necessarily as aggressive as we should be. Some of it's play call and by design. Yeah, and we know that. But other times it's like Eric Stokes. Like that's, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's Parker or, Alec, or uh, Nelson Aguilar like, or Kendrick Bourne. I don't think that any of those guys should be outrunning or finessing with a good route, either Stokes no. or Azul God. And no. when they're making catches with six, seven yards of space, it's just pathetic. And you guys are both better than that. Significantly. So, yeah, I... I want to say that's got to be something schematic to start. But even then, once you realize what's going on, you realize that the the ball is coming your way, right? You should break hard and get there. Do something about it. Do something about it. Now, I will say, I think we already knew Rasul was a very good tackler, right? He kind of blew up a wide receiver screen in the game. But I'm really impressed with Stokes' ability to stick guys. Cause he's, he came up a couple times in this game, and he hasn't in a couple games previous. Someone in the flat. I think one of them was on a third down towards the end of the game, right? It was key stop, and he just he just stuck him. Like it was a few times a season. A he's couple, done that. Couple yards short, the guy made no forward progress once he got the ball. And coming from a very athletic cornerback that wasn't super highly touted, right? Like realistically, he was he, ranked maybe fifth in that cornerback class, and he was just a burner, right? That was right. a thing. He's from Georgia, good school, but he's just really fast. You can put him on a fast receiver. Crazy Not athlete. very physical. Right. But he's coming up and he's... Laying the wood. Yeah. He's not Adrian Amos, but the guys aren't making any progress. And he gets up and he tells you about it. Yeah. He's and like, I love it. I, just I love put it. put you in the ground, sir. Goodbye. Absolutely Go love it. I'm glad because Rasul and Jair are 100% like that. So I'm glad that's rubbed off on him as well. Because you can make some pretty important stops that way. If you have to come up in the flat and tackle a tight end, stop him two yards short of the first down marker, that's a big deal. And your ability to do that can change games. Agreed. Great to see the development uh, of that part of his game. Didn't really expect it. I would have been happy with a guy who can just take away Scotty Miller. But, again, happy to be wrong. Absolutely. I also thought Savage had a pretty decent game. I was going to say... He looked, he looked more aggressive and flew around a little bit more yes. than I was, than he has previously. Blew up a screen. Beautiful to see. Like we said, with Savage, it's all about just playing downhill, playing with confidence, the best plays in his career, right? Knocking the ball out of Debo Samuel, almost getting that pick against Jamar Chase is when he's playing confident and he's not thinking too much. He's just trusting his instincts and going after the ball. He's a great athlete. Just let that carry you. Yeah, don't think too much. Go get the ball. Don't be stupid, Right. but don't think too much. Exactly. Just trust your instincts. There's a reason you made the NFL. There's a reason you've been a starter on our team for, what, three, four years now? Mm -hmm. And considered, like, if you think about someone's, you know, physicality, one of the most physically upside safeties in the NFL that can match up with those superstar receivers. Yeah, because unlike most, he really can match up with the receiver. He's not just trying to cover backs and tight ends and stuff like that. He has the athletic ability to line up one-on-one if he has to. Mm-hmm. So, good game out of him. Now, the thing with him, his whole career has been inconsistency. So, hoping that he, he strings a few of these together going forward. Defensively, another thing. Devondre Campbell isn't quite right yet. Not saying that he was hurt or anything, but he's just been 
missing some tackles that is very uncharacteristic of him. Yeah, I don't want to say he's kind of fallen back to earth necessarily because I think he's better than he's been historically in his career. But he's not playing quite at that all-pro level at the moment. And this game probably is an unfair judge of that because Kenny Clark, I also think, had a bit of a rough day. I mean, he had that penalty, which kept one of their Mm -hmm. drives going. But just as a whole, I mean, that kid Cole Strange, kind of a strange pick, pun intended. Oh, God, that was the guy that was supposed to be like a fifth-round pick or whatever. Yeah, Belichick hit on that one. I mean, that guy seems to be legit. Agreed. But, I mean, Kenny Clark wasn't really able to separate. I think Jerron Reed was our best player. Yeah, he had a true good defensive lineman. I'm he not going to count Gary in that spot. But again, TJ Slayton, Wyatt, not really helping. Again, not being fundamentally sound. So these Patriots, while they might be under talented, you know, they do play with technique. Technique is going to be talent. Mm-hmm. I will give a, a little shout out to Dean Lowry, rock for its own. He did have a nice, it was like him, Preston, and Gary, like just eight. Yeah, I think play. him and Preston had a half sack, you know, combined for one. So good job. Good job. Good to see Dean. He's been kind of quiet this year. Happy to see him do something. Yeah, he's had a couple of nice run stops, but this is kind of his first real pressure on the quarterback. It's good to see Rockford's own. Something we need to improve going forward, because now there is tape on it. Especially our backup edge defenders need to be a lot better at keeping that edge sealed. Patriots had a big yeah. play. I think it was the reverse. And J.J. Anikbari or Kingsley or whatever you want to call him, who should be our third Outside yeah, linebacker, yeah, I think he's technically third. Yeah, completely bites down, like just like runs into a whole bunch of linemen, takes himself out of the play, and then they sweep right by him. And if he stays home, if he's in position, it's a it's probably a two yard loss, three yard loss. I and I'm just going to preview a little bit. We're going to go in against read option Daniel Jones next week. Quietly ran for like 80 yards and two touchdowns. You're going to need to seal the edge. Now, to be fair, that's because the Bears did not seal the edge like literally a dozen times in a row. And I understand that. But if we do it, Danny Dimes is going to make us look stupid. I, I hope they try because one of those times Rashawn Gary will just eat Daniel <laughs> Jones. <laughs> and then we'll see Tyron Taylor they, again. Oh, wait. He's oh, concussed. wait. We can't. Probably. Saquon Wildcat? That they, was a wild. They did it. I mean, wh- did. what else were they supposed to do? Honestly, they moved the ball better when Saquon was a wildcat than when Danny Dimes <laughs> went back there just to hand off. Well, uh, did you see how much he was limping? It's poor guy. I felt so bad. It's like, hey, just don't even put him on. We're getting kind of off topic. But I, my thought on that game was I figured because it happened like in the middle of a drive, they don't have any other way to call plays besides that helmet, right? Like yeah. Saquon doesn't have communication. It's how much the quarterback does. So remember that doesn't know. Um, there's one person on offense and defense, generally the middle linebacker and the quarterback, that can receive communication from the sideline up until 15 seconds before the play clock, play, play clock expires. So that's how they call plays, right? And, and walk their quarterbacks through whatever they see. Same on the defensive side. Well, they ran out of quarterbacks, which now means you have no way to communicate with the players on the field. So they had to send Danny Dimes out there to go just stand at wide receiver and not do anything just so he could call the play because they had no other way to get the play to Saquon. So my dad was explaining this to me because I was I was going to that uh, first communion, which is why I was able to watch part of the Bears game. Yes, Luke was giving me shit because I was able to watch. Yeah, some this of the... guy. So real quick, this guy puts on uh... Instagram some random caption, don't care, about him watching the the game, right, with, with his, his cat. At home. And then he texted me later, like, oh, 
you know, I can't watch all the Packer game because I got to go to a birthday party. Oh, well, it's nice that you made time in your life and you're scheduled to watch the Bears game. But when it came time for the Packers game, oh, nope, got stuff to do. Once again, Devin may or may not be secretly a Bears fan. It was my godchild's. I don't want to hear excuses. Do you think any other owners of any other NFL teams don't show up to their game? No, absolutely not. Can we move past this, please? Can we please move past this? Yeah, that's fine. It's been like three weeks. It's just got to be. It's got to be once a show. It's got to be once a show. So in between, I'd stop by the old man's place, and he was he was telling me about the game, and I was he was like, yeah, they knocked up both Bears quarterbacks, and I was really hoping like they put in a punter or something because I've always wanted to see that. No cigar, so unexciting. He had that one um that one time that random wide receiver Kendall Hinton played for the Broncos for an entire yes, game. Yes, COVID induced. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was great. I think he went like two of nine for like two picks and like four yards. Yeah, I started him in fantasy that week just for fun. That was bad. I hope you lost. Oh yeah, I definitely did. Did you lose just by the margin between him and your actual starter, or was it more than that? At that point I didn't really care. I don't remember. It was just because that's such a unique situation. You gotta try. You never know. Yeah. All right. Good point. Back to defense. <laughs> Only other thing I kind of wanted to get at was the, yeah. um, it was a Devante Parker, of course, deep slant. Uh, oh, that deep crosser. They got us the like deep, three times deep with crosser. that. Yeah. That's one of our Achilles heels. AKA the entire Vikings game. So you do have the miscommunication Ford Campbell, and it might've been Nixon. I'm not sure, but there are three or four guys back there in the secondary, all kind of looking at each other. And the Packers say they don't do like the hands up. If you guys ever notice when, you know, there's a really bad play on defense, they kind of throw their hands up like, oh, it wasn't me. They don't do that. You know, they don't try to blame each other. But it was obviously, yeah, well, someone missed that. Someone missed the rule, the zone coverage. But that shouldn't have even mattered. Because for the second week in a row, the play clock was at zero. And I swore, I swore, when I was learning the NFL rules as a small child, when the play clock hits zero, that should be a five-yard penalty, not a free touchdown for the Patriots. And we'll go over this one more time, but people may find this rich coming from Packers fans, given that we uh, run that play clock down literally almost every play. Yeah, but we run it down to one or two seconds and then call hike, which is legal, sir. Sometimes zero. Never seen it. For, that's not true. Don't say that. I, I cannot that's remember. Not true. I that's cannot not remember true. seeing a time where we ran because it down. Aaron Rodgers t- has talked about this at length that he does this. So anyways, little recap for people, right? Play clock goes down, whatever. Three, two, one, zero. The way this mechanic works, and I'm sure because this has been explained on both of the last Packer games, so you probably already know, but I'm going to tell you anyways, is once the play clock hits zero, the line judge, who's watching the play clock this entire time, will then turn from the play clock and look at the center to see if he snapped the ball. If he has, by the time that he looks, no flag. So really, it's like three, two, one, zero, negative half, negative one second, right? You can't have an iPad or something that's linked up to it or just have it in your peripheral vision where you can clearly see them both. Devin, I don't know what to tell in you. Today's this technology, is the, the explanation they give every time. That's what the refs say from their mouths. This is this is how it works. It's so, just bull. Anyway, it's we'll bull. Get there. We'll get there. And it's Hold costing on. our team. Stop it. Never. Hold on. Hold on. So we take advantage of this. I'm not going to lie. We do this all the time. Just watch in your next game. See how many times that Aaron Rodgers takes that thing down to zero and then, and then snaps and we don't get a penalty. The difference in this case and... This was much more egregious than last week, although that was definitely delay of game last week. 
was the fact that this was like three seconds after it hit zero. This was like three, two, one, zero. Still didn't snap, still didn't snap, still didn't snap. Oh, now they snapped it. I think part of that may have come from the fact that they had just called the lave game on them, right? And they brought this up on the broadcast, but I think it's probably pretty valid. What's the last thing you expect once you've called the delay of game for the very next play? That it would be delay of game again. Agreed. That would take some sort of special. You'd be like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to snap this ball, even subconsciously, right, as the, the referee. So I don't want to give them any out, but, like, that's weird. I've never seen anybody essentially get delay of game twice in a row. Not on purpose. Well, it should have been a first. It should have been, and so it should not have been a touchdown. Although we could also just cover people on deep crossers. That would help. We could talk. We could figure it out, communicate. Something that people are going to keep doing to us, because like I said, the Patriots did it three, at least three times to us successfully. And the Vikings did it the entire first game. It's so embarrassing when we criticize our defense for being so laxed in their coverage. And you would think, okay, if we're going to sit back, then nothing should get behind us. Like these deep plays are just inexcusable when that's how we're going to play defense. Well, it's because it's behind the second level and before the third. I mean, that's really what it is. Not in some of these plays, though. Like in some of these, like in that that corner one, there was nobody there. And some of the Jefferson ones, there was nobody. It's not like, you know, it's a cover two and you're hitting in between the corner and the safety. It's a miscommunication. Somebody has to be there. Like you cannot. Somebody's always got to be closer, yeah. When we're not sending a blitz. There is no excuse for the amount of grass that we have to cover for there's somebody not to be on the screen at that point. I'm with you there. Agreed. And if, if you're going to send a blitz, then you live and die by it, right? And that's that's the risk that you take. But we don't. We don't blitz. No, not at all. Which, Rashawn Gary is killing it this year, and it's great, but he's not going to get sacks if people are running wide open because we aren't communicating. Correct. Correct. Okay. Rant over. Anything else you want to add on defense? Not really. I think overall is a pretty decent showing. Um, we didn't even talk about the run defense, but I think some of that was Ooh, yeah, was scheme not. wise again. Again, it's like we. It, I don't understand why we're not more aggressive in those situations. Bailey Zappi's not going to beat you. Just, I mean, start sending some run blitzes. Man up, like make them try to take deep shots on you. Lafleur kind of made a jab at Joe Barry. This week when it was press conferences saying, you know, like everyone wants to go two man until you, you know, you're really running the ball and then you force them to bring a safety down in the box. And I understand that we want to play, you know, this too high shell, too high safeties. But at some point you got to bring someone down in the box. I felt like it was only like third, maybe fourth quarter when we finally brought either Rudy Ford or Savage into the box as another safety. Cause yeah, dude, bring them both down. Yeah, I don't care. They're just going to run the ball. They should not be beating us. Deep. Like I would, I would want them. Please invite Mr. Zap to beat us. Please. And we're going to see similar teams the the next upcoming weeks, right? We'll get into this in a minute, but like Giants, same thing. Make Daniel Jones beat you. Yeah, whatever. Drop Amos, assuming he's fine. Yeah. Drop Amos into the box. He's literally perfect for it. They don't even have Kenny Galladay this week. Oh, no. That's fine. I mean, he's been absolutely He has garbage. been awful. Now, to That's be like fair, one of your favorite players. Why are you being okay about it? Well, it's because it, it makes me so sad how far he's fallen. He was legitimately good in Detroit. And from what I've heard, the injuries he had, specifically like the hip injuries he had, were ones that allegedly, right, don't get better. Well, it looks like it. Like they don't. That's not something you can come back to 100% from. 
they're starting David Sills at wide receiver. So this should be another game where we make them beat us with a pass. Agreed. Crowd the box. We'll get there in just a second. But yes, so that that was my big thing. Like, just stop the run. Just sell out to stop the run. Bailey Zappi's not going to beat you. And if he did, well, then you need to rethink why we have such a great secondary that can't cover anybody. Because it's not like they have any good wide receivers anyways. Yeah, I, and I know that we've been asking for it for a few games. It's just not going to happen. But especially that team, that quarterback, who they put out there at the receiver position or tight end, you can't tell me that even with Keyshawn Nixon in there, we cannot man them up. Yeah, and I don't care how you do it, honestly. I don't care if it's man. I don't care if it's even if it's just some sort of cover three and you just drop the safety down to kind of a middle zone, at least get them closer to the line for run support. Whatever you got to do. Or heavier personnel. I was kind of surprised we didn't bring in Isaiah McDuffie at all for another run stuffer. I mean, I wasn't surprised necessarily we have Quay, but I mean, at least. I mean, go three. I, I don't think we're going to do that. But we could well, have done more of that, that kind of bear look. Yeah. Where we have three or four true linemen out there. That would have been smart, but we just didn't do it. No, we didn't. Also, shout out to special teams. They look good again. Yeah, I mean, they were fine. I think the Patriots special teams had a better game, but it's not like we looked bad. They're no. just like one of the best units in the league. And Pat O'Donnell did his thing again. He did? Overall, we're going to keep bringing up special teams because we don't have to bring up special teams this year few times key punts i was like omari 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 thank you yes little anxious still you know those scars have not fully healed correct but so far golf clap for mr mari rogers and shout out to glenn i mean jack coco (laughs) patriots did have a couple nice returns and on one of them he was the one to track him down and put his ass in the ground true go you glenn coco i mean jack coco yes i will keep making that joke but it was good. All right, let's move on to next week. So we also played... hold on, hold on, hold, hold, uh, hold on. What? I mean, we we have talked about this game for what almost an hour now. I think we're sitting right around there. Yeah, you know, we haven't mentioned. It's gonna blow my mind, probably. The silver fox. Oh yeah, I guess the game-winning game. silver fox. Yeah. I mean, it was a chip shot. Yeah, it was like thirty-one yards or whatever. But shout out to Mason Crosby for being seventy-five years old out there and just just hitting hitting field goals, man. Just doing his thing. I mean, if he doesn't make that kick, that is all you're hearing about this episode. Oh yeah, it would have been would have been real rough. So good for him. Ice in the veins, shorty, but still, you never know, right? Ice in the veins because he's so old and the circulation is not what it used to be. I mean, it can mean multiple things, right? Give me multiple things. But way to go, Silver Fox. Glad that you got to win one for us. Okay, now we can move on. I will say I'm glad he's not having one of his cold streaks because those yeah. have been hard for him to break. So I'm happy he's been doing what he needs to do this season. Agreed. On to New York. On to London, actually. Uh, technically speaking, yeah. yes. So we're going back back to my motherland. Back to uh, We're going to uh, Wembley Stadium in London. For and this a... is a home game, I believe. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, no, that does suck. Yeah, that we get robbed of a home game. Well, I mean, I am an owner. I'm from there. It kind of kind of evens out a little bit. Just a tad bit. Okay. Anyways, playing the 3-1 Giants. Giants are 3-1? I know, guys. Yeah, how did that happen? kind of feels like bullshit because they beat the Baker Panthers. Terrible. They beat the Helpless Bears. Terrible. Who else do they beat? 
let me go check. Cause I know they lost. It lost to Cooper Rush. Everybody's losing to Cooper Rush. And they lost to the lowly Tennessee Titans. And the highest passer in that game was Daniel Jones with 188 yards. They lost to the Titans? I'm sorry. They beat the Titans. Okay, okay. With 188 yards passing. Granted, Saquon had a buck 64 on the ground. He's looking like rookie Saquon again, which... He's looking great. You know... Helping my fantasy team. Oh, nice pick. That I'm sure he probably fell. Yeah, that was, a, that was a second rounder. There you go. I think as football fans, you know, he's someone that was really fun to watch his rookie year. Mm-hmm. We don't like the Giants. We're not rooting for them. But it's still nice to see a guy come back from injury, you know, come back for some adversity. And he's also just, he's a good player. He's fun Absolutely. to watch. Absolutely. And, and Saquon was one of those, I mean, potentially one of the best running back prospects ever. Right? Oh, it's basically, Freak out of Penn State. It's basically like the last, in our memory, in our lifetime, really, it's been like Adrian Peterson and Saquon. Wasn't he like a top five pick? Yeah. Or, yeah. I think he was fourth. Don't quote me on that. Um, and he was worth it that rookie year. Oh, he was amazing. He was like a top five running back just out the gate. Mm-hmm. Crazy athleticism, great power, only real knock on him, a great out of the backfield, great hands, can run routes. The only real knock on him is he tried to make every single play an 80-yard touchdown when sometimes you just need four yards. Yeah. Right? Then he got hurt a bunch, did the whole thing, right? Broke a lot of people's hearts, especially in fantasy, year after year after year. But here we are, and he's looking good, which like I'm not looking forward to on Sunday. But good for him. Yeah, happy for Saquon, but when it comes down to facing this Giants offense, he is the problem. He's pretty much all they have. He's averaging five and a half yards a carry. He's got 115 yards per game. He also has uh, 15 catches out of the backfield. He's their third leading receiver. Respectable. Multi-purpose back. But yeah, I mean, the man looks rejuvenated. He will be a problem for staying in too high. He will be a problem. He pretty much is the only problem. Yeah, if guys aren't tackling well. This is another game. I mean, we've already said it. I was already chomping at the bit because these games are so similar. Except that the, um, the Giants don't even have another back, right? Like They they have Matt Breida. Yeah, Matt Breida. I guess Daniel Jones is the second leading carrier for they that do, team. They do use him a lot more in the... I mean, he did a lot of naked bootlegs and stuff against the Bears when they kept losing a Tane time after time after Dude, time. Dude, don't even call the option with him. Like, Brian they will, Dable is up using him, his athletic ability, properly. I mean, they're using him similar, right, Brian Dable, to Josh Allen. I know you're not wrong. They're not as doing Bills as much like... They're not doing hurts. Like, I know. They're not doing, like, quarterback power or anything like no. that, like they will with Josh Allen or, or occasional quarterback sweep or something, but they'll, it's similar. And I... Oh. Just bear with me for a second, but like Daniel Jones is a big, pretty athletic quarterback. He's not Josh Allen big or athletic, but like we saw a couple years ago, right? Like he's got wheels. Yeah, that play where he had like yeah. an eighty yard touchdown yeah. against Dallas. Yeah. Oh wait, he had like a seventy yard gain because he tripped over himself. Correct. Ten yards short of the end zone. But he's got wheels. I Still, mean he can do it. He's yeah, he's got wheels, athletic. I'm not sure about that, but I will say he has wheels. I didn't say coordinated coordinated that's a good word for it yeah i wouldn't call him coordinated but if we don't seal the edge this man will hurt us this man will make us look stupid yeah, we're, and we're gonna put us to, on sports center we're gonna have to keep contained absolutely also just a little you know psa for all of our packer nation this game will be starting at like 9 or 9 30 i think 8 30 is it that early that's what time the vikings played vikings oh and my. Saints. all right folks make sure you get up early for that set your alarm hopefully the packers defense gets up early and joe barry you know decides to crowd that box 
that's literally that is the defensive game plan. Might as well put like nine dudes in the box. I mean, you got for receivers. You got Richie James, Sterling Shepard. Uh, Sterling Shepard tore his everything. Oh, he's he's done done. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, David Bellinger, rookie tight ends looked okay, but again, good. yeah, nobody. Darius Slayton, Wendell Robinson, these guys, they just don't scare me in the passing game. And defensively, no. they're better than they used to be. Yeah, they're not bad. They're not bad. They got Julian Love at safety. Got a couple good corners. They actually uh, seem to have a decent pass rush. Yeah, well, Kevon Thibodeau, the young the stud out of Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, um, and they had another guy last name Ward, who I think played well against the Bears as well. We like to run some aggressive linebacker blitzes. They do. So, you know, make sure we're communicating up front, talking to you, Mr. Josh Myers. You know, our backs in pack and pass protection. I think Aaron Jones got ran through this week, gave up a sack. Yeah, yeah, he did. So, I mean, this this team defensively is decent. You know, we can't take them too lightly. Yeah. They can cause some problems. But this should be another game where as long as we keep Saquon in check, I feel good about it. We should be able to dictate the game. We should. We are better on both sides of the football. This is a game where getting out to a hot start would be big. Like, I normally say if you win the toss, I would normally want us to defer. Mm -hmm. So you can do the whole, you know, touchdown before half and then touchdown after, hopefully. You know, ideal situation there. But this is a team where if we score a quick seven... And they go three and out, or just don't score. We get the go- we get the ball back. If you can get up on this team, if you can start to take away their running game, Rashawn Gary is going to eat. Yep. Danny Dimes going to make some mistakes. I mean, he's not terrible. He's not good. He isn't a great pure passer. And if no. we can eliminate some of his athletic threats, maybe you put Quay Walker spying. Maybe you put Campbell spying. The Bears kind of started to do that a little bit. Or they'd put, uh, I think, one of their safeties, the young guy. Brisker. Brisker, yeah. They put Brisker up by the line just to watch him to make sure he didn't roll out and he had like a six-yard sack. So contain Daniel Jones, contain Saquon Barkley, make him pass. Yep. I think we should be okay. I agree completely. Uh, a little touch around the rest of the NFL or anything well, else? Uh, yeah, we can do it real quick. All right. Do-do-do-do. Week four. So we still only have one undefeated team, the Philadelphia Eagles. They look good. They took care, yeah, took care of business. Definitely helped. They were playing the Jags, Doug Peterson's old team, a little bit of a revenge game. Jags are good this year. Jags are good this year. Not when Mr. Lawrence, the quarterback, fumbles four times. No, yeah, he looked pretty bad. Yeah, not good for them. Our little brothers, the Lions, continue to have one of the best offenses in the NFL. They put up 45 points. And the worst defense. I don't know if you saw the stat, right? They lead the league in points per game at 35. They also lead the league in points given up per game at 35.3. Yeah, so that's a fun one. That's a fun stat. Point three means you're giving up more points, which means you probably don't win, right, Luke? Yeah, that's generally that's how, how that works. works. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun though. I mean, shout out to Lions fans. At least now you can lose and have fun. The real interesting thing about this is they played Seattle, who scored forty-eight points with Geno Smith I have at no the idea helm. How they did that? I don't know either. <laughs> and I meant to watch the highlight at some point today. That's what I'm going to do with the rest of my night because I have no idea. I mean, they got Gino's some studs. Been on fire. It's completing like 75, 80% of his passes. And it was one of those where Rashawn Penny had like 170 yards or something crazy like that. One of those more random games where he just goes off. You're not putting up 48, though, without at least like 250 or 303 tutties from Geno. I I have no idea how they did it. Can't wait to see it. Uh, The Vikings squeaked out a win against an Andy Dalton-led Saints team, which 
almost won that game. Honestly, I think Andy Dalton looked pretty good compared to James Winston the last couple games, yeah. I thought so too. They had um they got the ball back down by three with like under thirty seconds. So it was like twenty or something. Yeah, and they had to get in field goal range. They had to get in field goal range. Pretty easy play defensively. He hits a dime to Chris Olave. That was perfect. Like 40 yards down the field. The kick is just short. It doinks twice, unfortunately. And shout out to Will Lutz, because everyone showed that highlight of him missing the 61-yarder, the double doink. He hit a 60-yarder like, like a minute before, before that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, he did his job, if we're being honest. Yeah, it's not his fault. No, not at all. And also, something to keep an eye on going forward. Dalvin Cook is going to have to wear a shoulder brace for the rest of the season. It's but, not right. He's not going to be 100% the entire season. So just something to think about. They mixed in a lot more Madison than they would have in the past, I think largely because of that. And something to keep in mind as well, Justin Jefferson is not destroying every other team that he plays against. Maybe we should sort of you know see what other teams did. I think it's because of- every other scene team has seen a deep crosser before in their lives besides us apparently with how many we've seen you'd think we'd pick up on it by now i mean slow learners but we'll get there if we get beat by danny dimes on a slow crosser it's gonna be a very angry podcast next weeks. yeah uh other nfc teams that are important falcons are quietly two and two second in the nfc south probably not going anywhere yeah they're not gonna do anything they're without cordell patterson going forward for a while he's on ir to return but you have stepping in was Tyler Algeyer, 10 rushes, apparently like, like 70, the slowest running yards. Apparently he's like the slowest running back in the NFL, but yeah, he's great. He's a young stud. He's got some heart. They, for some reason, don't throw to Kyle Pitts. That's kind of a mystery. That is a bit of a mystery because he's the best player on that entire team. Yeah. And also like your best way to sell tickets. And you, you took him with like the fourth overall pick. Anyways, moving on. Weird. Uh, Cowboys again. This this Cooper Rush experiment. We're able to beat the Commanders twenty five to ten. Now all the crazies are saying, "Well, when Dak is back, you shouldn't even start him." That's crazy. They're going to start. That's Zach. crazy. They're going to start Dak. Yeah, but in the meantime, Cooper Rush is doing enough. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know who they play this week. I can scroll down and find out. Watch, it's going to be their bye week. Oh, I'd be pretty early for that. I doubt it. They play the Rams. Okay, that'll so, be interesting. That leads to our next matchup to talk about. The Rams and the Niners. Rams look terrible. Niners yeah. looked like the Niners. Pretty That's pretty well much said. the summary of that. <laughs> Niners can put any running back in and look okay. Debo is still amazing. Yeah, Debo uh, apparently went from like 30-something in the league in Yak to third just correct. one game. Jimmy G uh, it does Jimmy G things, gives it to Debo, basically. And their defense is still very, very good with Paul Malu Jr., Damn it, Luke. I was going to say that. They got another <laughs> Palomalu, which I do not like to see. I'm and hoping... apparently he trains with Palomalu, which oh, makes it even Jesus better. Christ. That could That's be not fair. No, hopefully we don't see them in the playoffs again. All right. Next. I really hope not either. Uh, the Buccaneers and the Chiefs. Oh, that's right. Met kind of a high score. Super Bowl affair. rematch. Yeah. So the Chiefs offense could just not be stopped. Correct. All night. Marquez had a couple of nice catches down the field. You know, kind of his one trick pony thing. Happy to see it. Love you, guy. Uh, they put up 41, and, and Bucks, the Bucks and Brady were pretty efficient. I mean, they still scored 31 points, but just could not keep up with the horses of Kansas City. They, bit, of, bit of a revenge game. And they had no running game in that game. Like, literally, oh, yeah, I want to say Fernand had, like, shit. seven yards or something crazy like nope. that. So just absolutely nothing on the ground, which is weird. Not exactly Kansas City's strong suit normally, but, hey, whatever. Oh, you mean the run defense? Correct. I think Chris Jones might have had a little bit of extra gas in the tank. Yeah, but that's, like... They completely shut down the run game. 
partially, I'm sure, because the offense got into such a big lead, you kind of abandoned it really early on. So, is what it is. Another pertinent NFC matchup. The Cardinals did beat the Panthers. Cardinals are not a team that I think either of us are really afraid of. Is it pertinent? I mean, they're another team that's going to be in the NFC playoff picture. Yeah, they may be the third best team in their division. I would still, in reality, pick them over the Geno Smith Seahawks. I need like eight weeks to believe in them. Okay, that's fair. And you have enough pieces on that team. I know that Kyler Murray, you know, plays more Call of Duty than watches film. Get your priorities right, son. But they just have enough talent. They D-hop. should be there. D Hop's coming back in a couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. So just it's kind of like just survive until D Hop comes back. And I think yeah. they're they might be three and one or two and two. I mean, they're they're fine. They're, they beat the Panthers. Still... And the Panthers are absolute hot garbage. Big news is the. Cardinals cut Andy Isabella. Did they really? That's sad. I was going to say the Packers should pick him up, but instead we had a different free agent signing this week. Not one that makes a whole lot of sense to me. It was actually today. Uh, We signed former Vikings linebacker Eric Wilson off the Saints Packers squad. This is a young guy, middle linebacker, who's pretty good in coverage. He's a little bit shorter than most of our linebackers. He's 6'1", 230. Uh, He has... Over 1,000 career snaps in the NFL. He's forced two fumbles, four interceptions, eight sacks. I mean, this guy has a decent resume. Kind of surprised that he was sitting out there on a team's practice squad. Just a surprise we, we picked him up here. Any thoughts, Luke? Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly surprised as well. I don't really know why we need him. I mean, I don't. maybe there was a setback with Chris Barnes we didn't hear about. Could be, but it seems like we're, I mean, we have enough linebackers. We'll see. Yeah, I'm guessing you're probably right. And I was saying earlier, right, in some of these run formations, we bring in Isaiah McDuffie, but we haven't done that at all. And nope. it's, so it's not like that McDuffie was on the field and played bad. Doesn't really make any sense. I mean, he's a name. He's a player that I respect. Uh, but this move was corresponding with the Chris Jones being placed on the non-football injury list, the, the Jones, illness. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. There's a new signing. We'll see there if we he's go. even active this week. I doubt it, but we'll find out. Speaking of potential roster moves. Did you see Odell talking up Aaron Rodgers? I mean, he's been flirting with us for a while. It's the Packers. We'll get brought up, and then he'll go sign with LA again or something stupid. I don't care. We'll see. We'll see how the season goes. I was mm. tr- I was trying to count out the numbers. Could we have somebody else return kicks? Because if you can, could we just put Amari Rodgers in the practice squad? Yeah, in theory. I think so. Or hopefully not, but if someone gets hurt. I mean, Odell could be back for the playoffs. I'm not saying sign him now. I'm saying we see how the team looks in December. But it's a possibility. But I'm not like, yeah. oh, my God, he's the key missing piece because I still think that Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs with Lazard showing that he's not just a tight end with Big Bob being back with everything that I've gone over this episode, that we're going to be just fine with the pieces we have. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, just, I don't believe it. I'll believe it when I see it. I just... You know, in theory, there's smoke where there's fire, or there's fire where there's smoke, right? We end up with, with none of the above. I mean, everyone is like, oh, yeah, interested in the Packers. Oh, wait, I'm going to go literally anywhere but the Packers. All these kind of big names in season stuff. We'll see. Luke's been left on red one too many times. I have been. Anything else you want to add, my friend? No, I think we covered it all. All righty, guys. Well, I'm hoping that we pull out the dub in London this weekend. Until next time. Go Paco. Go Paco.